All right, so today on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast, we have Coach Gus Kapolka. He is the head football coach at Cedar Springs High School in Cedar Springs, Michigan. And we talk about the Power T, we talk about program philosophy, practice schedule, tips for uh, becoming a head coach. And I know you will love listening to Coach on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. All right, so on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Kapolka. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Coach, I, I was listening to somebody talk about what it means to be famous, and I feel like you're famous because I know you and you have no idea who I am because I watched you on YouTube give a, a clinic. So you're famous, Coach. It, it's it's funny that doing that that one video, I've had a lot of guys reach out and ask questions or ask for some film on Huddle, and, and it's just weird that uh, just doing like that that one video is is kind of just gotten, I guess, my name out there, but I think more so, you know, the offense that we run because it is kind of a, uh, I guess, a regional offense, although it is kind of expanded to different parts of the of the country. Uh, you know, it's just it's kind of cool, and I like I like interacting with with coaches from all over. Uh, was, did a, a consultation with a coach down in in uh, New Orleans hmm. about two weeks ago. Did a consultation with another coach in uh, Montana. Uh, so it's just really cool just to interact with coaches all, all, all across the country. Yeah. And that the offense you're speaking about is the power T and man, that's, it's so interesting because I connected with Kyle McElvaney and then with, with you coach and, uh, the guy at unity, uh, Christian in, uh, okay, yeah. coach Tibby. Yeah. There's Tibby. Yeah. And yeah. then another coach in Minnesota and it's, it's part of our package. Uh, you know, we don't run it exclusively but it's something that we get some three backs and we did it some last year and uh it's really good and coach before we go any further would you please introduce yourself and kind of where you where you are where you came from and then we'll we'll go from there yeah uh Gus Capulca head football coach Cedar Springs High School in Cedar Springs Michigan uh we are about 20 miles north of Grand Rapids um uh about three and a half hours from Detroit uh which is which is where I grew up at uh, if you've seen the movie Eight Mile with Eminem, uh, that's my neighborhood. Uh, the the trailer park there that they filmed the, the movie at, that is an actual trailer park. It is next to Schofield Elementary School. Um, I lived about two blocks away from that. Uh, went to college at Eastern Michigan University. Uh, was a, a non-scholarship walk-on guy there. I think my, my biggest claim to fame is that I was the, uh, the scout team center uh, for a quarterback named Charlie Batch. Uh, that, that played a number of years in the National Football League. Um, after that, uh, coached a little bit on the east side of the state and then moved to uh, northern Michigan, um, a couple of smaller schools, first as a defensive coordinator and then uh, nine years as a head coach in a, in a little town called Manistee, Michigan, which is right on, on Lake Michigan. Uh, and then in 2013 was hired here at Cedar Springs High School. Um, our student enrollment is uh, just under 1,200 students. We play in the, the third largest division in Michigan. Um, you know, we have a pretty, pretty average student demographic. We have some, some really good hard kids. We're a, a kind of a blue collar bedroom community for Grand Rapids. Uh, we don't have a ton of power five guys. We, we do have some guys that play, go on to play D2 football. Uh, but great work ethic in our kids, kind of an old school, old fashioned uh, football town. 
Um, one of those places, I think our claim to fame is uh, we have every fast food franchise that you can legally have in the state of Michigan uh, at, at the exit off of the interstate here in town. So that that's kind of us. And why is that, Coach? What, what makes – why is that the case? Uh, the I've actually tried to figure that out. Um, and the weird thing is all of those all mm -hmm. of those fast food places are not franchised. They're actually corporate-owned because I think they can make more money off of them. Okay. We're kind of the last we're, – we're either the last exit going out of Grand Rapids before you, you really get up to what in Michigan they call up north. Um, or the first exit is you come down from, from up north into civilization. Hmm. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, there, I mean, we got it. You name it. We got it. That's not all. a Chick-fil-A. I will, I will say not, not a Chick-fil-A. There's only, I think six Chick-fil-A's in Michigan hmm. and there's, there's three in Grand Rapids, but we don't have a Chick-fil-A yet. Okay. Yeah. I, I've at this off season have been going and talking to different coaches in the state of Michigan. It's kind of been my, my study and, okay. uh, just looking at power T football. I love three back offense. Uh, we're a two back, three back can sometimes be one back offense, uh, kind of going forward. And I actually lived in Michigan. Some, my dad played for the tigers in the two years before the strike. Okay. Uh, and so we what lived, was your, what was your dad's name? Storm Davis is his name. Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember that name. Yeah. I remember he, that he name. He played like Cecil Fielder, Alan Trammell, yeah. Lou Whitaker, uh, Spark Anderson was the manager, old yes. Tiger Stadium. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember going to the Ford Museum a bunch in the summer. Okay, uh, yeah. We were up there. And I looked at some pictures, and it's definitely changed big time since I went there in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool. So, Coach, Power T, yep. that's your, your flavor is it's spreading thanks to YouTube and other resources, but how did you start running that offense and where did you learn it and why do you do it? Cause it is, it's very unique. Uh, started in it because can I, can I swear on your podcast or is this, is this a family or coach, whatever you want to do? I, I, this is, we just let it roll. You know, I got my ass kicked again with, by the power T uh, and I, you. I, you know, I like where I grew up at, we had, we, we didn't see that. Uh, and then I moved up north in Michigan, and on a nine-game schedule, seven of the nine teams were, were running that offense. Oh. And I'm a defensive coordinator, and you know I get I get to figure out how to stop this thing. Um, so I mean, you know, the the easiest way to do that is is you got to learn the offense yourself. So got into it, did a deep dive, got learned the history of it, met a, some guys that had been running it for a long time. Um, and, you know, it did not run the offense. Uh, the first year I was a head coach in 2004, uh, took a look at where we were at and the kids we had to said, hey, th this really is going to fit our kids in our community. Uh, and we went to it in 2005, uh, had success at Manistee, and then uh, obviously a lot of success here at Cedar Springs. So, um, you know, I, I learned it. Um, you know, from John Shillito, which is kind of one of the big names in the state of Michigan, the, the two uh, godfathers of the, of the power T would be John Shillito and then a guy by, by the name of Irv Ziegler. Mm -hmm. uh, like if you get online and find some of the Olivet playbooks and things, he was the head coach at Olivet College back in the in the early 2000s. 
Mm. Um, and those two guys, I think, have influenced everybody that that's run it in Michigan. They've learned it either from one or the other or both. I've been fortunate enough to to have relationships with both those guys. Um, and then from there, um, it's it's spread. I think it obviously is spreading more outside of Michigan than inside. Uh, and I think the reason for that is it's been in Michigan a very long time. Um, you know, 45 plus years or Ziegler was really the first guy to run it back in the late seventies, uh, in a place called Sheboygan, Michigan, which is, which is up North. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's been around for a while. People here have a really good concept of how to defend it. Um, everybody has seen it, so it doesn't have that novelty. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know when I, I talk to the guys or, or guys from Minnesota, uh, some guys in Indiana, uh, Ohio that, that share films. There's a there's a guy that I work with that's in Tennessee right now, um, and he sends film. And it's like I I wish we saw defenses like this. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't we don't the people that we play they might not be very good, uh, but they have a good plan because because you know people have have seen it. They're not afraid of it. They have an idea how to how to slow it down. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of just the, the, the thumbnail version of the backstory there. Mm. And I was, I was talking to coach Kyle McElvaney about yep. the T and what do you, I asked him this question, because this is the question that pops into my mind. some. what do you do with a kid that comes in and he says, Hey coach, I'm a wide receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, for me, our situation is different. Our, our, our kids start running it in the third grade. Oh, um, wow. But, you know, with that being said, we had a lot of success this year and, and probably 20% of the time we were in the gun. Okay. Uh, so we did have at least one guy that, that was split out uh, sometimes. Uh, so it's one of those things where I think when you're first putting it in, you, you kind of have to commit to it. Um, mm -hmm. And, and just say, Hey, this is who we are. This is our identity. We have to learn the base stuff. Mm -hmm. But is is you get better at it, uh, and your kids become more proficient at it, then you can you can add that and you can take advantage of a kid like that. Mm -hmm. um, my my, I guess what I would say is if I'm year one and I'm going into a place and the kids like, hey, I'm a wide receiver and I'm really good, you're probably you probably be a really good T quarterback for us uh, because uh -huh. you know that skill set that that bigger, taller, more athletic guy. Uh, is going to be able to do some things in the quarterback keep game on the edge deception wise. Um, and I just like, you know what we, I can, we feel like we can take anybody and teach them how to throw well enough that they can be at least efficient in our offense. It's not like we're throwing it a ton. We're not asking them to really drive the ball down the field. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking for a kid that's athletic, that's coachable, that, that wants to pay attention to detail. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I, you know, I get the, I get asked that question a lot. Um, I think year one, you, 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 you find a place for him. Uh, and if he's still there year two and you feel like, hey, we've got the base stuff down, then you can maybe start to add some components to where you, you can feature him a little bit. Mm -hmm. You were talking about people defend, defending you better. What, what have people done and what do you do versus your own offense? What is, what's something that would give you, give you trouble? It, everything. And nothing. If that, I mean, not to be kind of kind of snarky with a comment, but mm -hmm. we've we've been beat by every every scheme, and we've beaten every scheme. Mm -hmm. um, 
Mm-hmm. I think I think the secret, and it's just like if you're playing triple option, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're playing double wing, if you're playing wing T, can you get your kids to play discipline for 48 minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, like, hey, this any scheme you draw up is designed to win, right? Right. Like yeah. nobody's drawing stuff on the board like, yeah, hey, let's just draw it up, and I'm sure this isn't going to work, but we're going to run it out there anyways. Right. Like we all draw up a scheme and anticipate, hey, that scheme's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's can you get your kids to do that for 48 minutes? Like, hey, you know that that you're you're playing a a hands on what we call a seven technique outside shade of the tight end. Mm-hmm. Hey, get your hands on that guy, squeezes inside release, and then you've really got a dent and wrong arm that that mm-hmm. kick out block. Well, we can draw it up that way. We can tell the kid to do it that way. We can coach it that way. Mm-hmm. Can you get him to do that down after down after down? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what we have found is the best teams that we play, they, they essentially play their base defense or a slightly modified version of their base, mm-hmm. but they absolutely rep the crap out of getting their kids to be disciplined and execute the defense mm-hmm. uh, and then execute it in a way that their teammates are able to, to play off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to spill, you got to have somebody there to fit the spill. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That yeah. you can't have the guy that that's assigned to fit the spill leaning inside on fullback trap because now now that off tackle play is going to bounce and and you're you're minus one in, in the alley. So mm-hmm. um, that to, that to me is is like like so we lost three games this year um, to to some really good football teams. They ran three entirely different schemes, coached mm-hmm. three entirely different ways. But the commonality there is that their guys just were were super disciplined and, and executed the scheme extremely well. Mm. That's awesome. Talk about so you're talking about getting stuff right in practice, making sure that it's they're doing it all the time. Yep. What is your philosophy of practice? So what would a typical workday in season practice look like for you guys so their fundamentals are right? Um I think the biggest thing for us, because we will have teams that'll come watch us practice and and we have a reputation. We're this gritty, super physical, um, just old school football team. I think people have the impression for us that we are we're like cavemen and we practice on gravel and it's full contact. It's 20 minutes of Oklahoma drill to start practice Um, and we're physical. And we practice hard, but I, but what everybody comes away from our practices is, man, those guys have a lot of fun. Mm. Um, you know, like with our kids, it's like, Hey, here, here, here are the expectations. Here are the parameters of, of how we're, we're supposed to practice. We're going to go out and we're going to practice hard. We're going to practice fast. We're going to be off the field in, in an hour and 25 minutes, most days, mm. um, you know, we're getting maximum reps. We're going to film everything. It's not quite that whole Oregon, mm-hmm. like we're just going to go, 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 and we'll coach off the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's wrong, yeah, we'll stop and get it fixed. If it's a minor correction, we should be able to verbalize that to, to our players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think our, our actual structure practice is that much different than everybody. We, we do quite a bit of off-field preparation with, with okay. team meetings before practice. Um, and I think the other thing is it doesn't change. Um, there's not a whole lot of, so the kids are never confused as to what, what the next thing is going to be in practice. Uh, we're a little bit limited in Michigan that we only get two padded days of practice, um, a week. Um, you know, we never go full contact. Like we go thud, um, 
you know, we're fully padded. You, you, you know, shoulder the guy up or tap off at the hip. Uh, it's live up front on the line. What we tell our kids is, Hey, you know, if somebody falls down, it's football. Uh, but we're not trying to take a guy to the ground deliberately. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, pretty standard, we, you know, you five to seven minutes of pre-practice where we're out there snapping and kicking and, and catching and getting individual instruction. Uh, the only rule I have in, in pre-practice is I don't want to see two linemen playing catch off on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's got to be actively engaged at getting better at your craft. So, you know, if you're an inside linebacker, you're working, working a redrill, you know, if if you're a, a guard, you're working takeoffs in the shoot, stuff like that. Uh, we'll do 15 to 20 minutes of specials, uh, individual group and team. Uh, and it's usually broken up where we do two special teams a day. Um, after that, we're going to get into some type of, uh, you know, qu- a quick, you know, we call it uh, fastball starts uh, where we've got, you know, if it's a defensive day, we've got, we've got three plays that are their three base plays, and we're going to go off the right hash, run a play against our defense, immediately come right back up. Here's is we're showing the card, run the next play off the middle. Then we're going to go to the left hash, and we're just going to go down the field like that in about a, about a four-minute period where we're going as fast as we can, no huddle. The defensive guys have to get the call, have to execute the call. Um, then we're going to get into some type of, of team fundamental, be it, like, and I'll just use defensive day for an example, block destruction, mm-hmm. tackling, turnover circuit, something like that. Um, and then get into your individual time. We're always 12 to 15 minutes for individual. Uh, and then after individual, it's, I mean, it's not rocket science. It's inside run, it's Skelly, it's mm-hmm. team. Uh, and sometimes with team, team is short. Like Skelly and inside run for us are a little, are a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, team is team. And then usually because we're not, we're not a total uh, one platoon football program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have a little bit of the opposite side of the ball at the end of practice. And that would just be some group time and some team time. Okay. So pretty, I mean, nothing, I don't think anything revolutionary. Uh, I think we're super organized with our, with our scripts. Everything that we do is, is off of a script from the plays we run in our drills Mm-hmm. Uh, to the plays we run in, say, Skelly or, or like like when I'm coaching offensive linemen, I know exactly how many different types of looks we're, we're going to get, how many different combo blocks we're going to work on in that particular day. So we want to be as organized as we can be. We're blasting music out on the practice field. Uh, our guys should be should be hustling everywhere. And it's it's you know, they know like, hey, we get out here, we get after it. Hour 25 minutes later, we're back in the locker room. So mm. we're not, we're not out there three hours or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's, a, that's an impressive pace coach, an hour 25. I mean, you were like, you were saying, no, it's scripted and you have it all. Yeah. Well, wanted. like in early camp, we might be a little bit longer. Like mm-hmm. we might be an hour and 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the last time we went more than two hours and, and mm-hmm. by, by the playoffs, um, you know, we get in late into November, uh, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's like an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, by that point you're, you're rolling and you're trying to keep yeah. them healthy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. So when you look at your practice schedule, how do you divide up special teams? I'm always going through this in my mind. Do we do some, a couple of days a week? Do we do some one day a week? How do you, how do you like to do that? 
So on Monday for us, which is an unpadded day, which is primarily a film lift treatment walkthrough day, we get out and our special teams coach does the, uh, the game plan install for that week. Hmm. Um, so we go through all of our specials and it's like, Hey, Hey, you know, our punt team, here's, here, their, here's their rush scheme. Here's their cover scheme. Here's something they do a little different. Um, and we go ahead and, and, and walk through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will do on Mondays for us, we will do punt indie. So punters are punting, snappers are snapping, protection guys are doing protection, gunners are doing, you know, cover drills. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to, we're going to do a walkthrough of all of our specials. Mm-hmm. Um, on Tuesday, Tuesday for us, is our uh, return day so we're doing punt return and kickoff return and we are we are a starburst kickoff return if you've ever seen it where hmm. the one guy the quarterback's going to turn his back and, and do all the fakes so we do, oh, wow. we do that yeah if it fits with with our philosophy right i mean it looks like our offense hmm. a lot of times we just we plug our quarterback in as the is the top guy in the in the star hmm. uh, and then we have our fullback and our two halfbacks and it it it, it actually our middle school this year returned a couple for for touchdowns so even hmm. our younger guys will do it um so um you know tuesday for us is a return day um and then we get to Wednesday is is a is a kick cover in a in a kick day. So we're doing our, our kick cover drills. We you know we do a drill we call three phase, which is you know we work the the three phases of kick cover where mm-hmm. we talk speed zone, avoid zone, collision zone. Um, Working that drill, uh, all of our our different kicks, and and we we'll have a kid next year that can pound it, but typically. The last, well, the last two years we've been in between those guys, mm. so we've had the directional kick and squibs and surprise on side. So, mm. uh, and then if we if we have a kicker, we'll work PAT on that day. Mm. Um, we break it down where we have uh, every coach has a particular part of the special teams that they're responsible for, uh, just like just like coaching a position. Uh, like for me, I coach our return guys on uh, kick return. I'm sorry, I coach our, our return guys on punt return. Uh, I coach our punters. Uh, and then I kind of help out with our frontline guys on kick return. So every coach has like two or three different individual positions uh, that they're responsible for, but it's program-wide. So they, they're coaching senior through freshman um, in, that, in that one position. Okay. Coach, how many coaches do you have on your staff? Um guys that coach or guys that show up when you're winning on Friday night want free gear guys that coach there you go that's a great um, that's, that's yes sir yes sir we're I have some guys that are volunteer guys that that can donate a day or two during the week and it's really like like a guy to come in and help with your scout team that's an invaluable right. guy even yeah. if you can only come in for 45 minutes after work he's willing to put the time in works well with kids mm. um we are we're about eight coaches, so eight yeah. coaches and myself, uh, and then there's some other guys that are kind of there when it's when it's going good. There's 15 guys. When it's not going good, there's like 11. Yeah, no doubt. Do you do your coaches coach both offense and defense, or are they one side of the ball? Only me. I'm, I, I coach inside linebackers and uh, offensive line at, at the varsity level, okay. uh, and everybody else on my staff has one position, either either offense or defense. Okay. Coach, program philosophy type question. You know, are you look when you look at your program, 
what are the like the pillars of it? What are you building to help your program reach the level that you want to keep it at? Because you obviously built it to something that is really good. What are the pillars for you in your in your program? Uh, trust, hmm. accountability, love. I mean, it, it like like hmm. really really simple stuff. Uh, I think when you're younger, you get caught up a lot in like scheme, and you hmm. get caught up a lot in players and, and things like that. Um, you know, the older, the older I get, the more I realize this is, this is all about people. Like, this is all about, you know, the players in your program, the coaches on your staff, the administration in your school, the people in your community. Um, you know, the more time you spend with them, the better you're going to be, yeah. uh, the more, the more trust you can build between those groups and yourself by being honest, uh, and also holding people accountable, um, which is a form of tough love. I think that's that's the, the recipe for success. And I think the more I've seen of that and the more commitment we've made to those those ideals, I think the better we've gotten as a program. Mm. Man, that's awesome. That, how long have you been a head coach, Coach? Uh, this was uh, 18 years. 18 years. At yeah. what point – did you think, okay, I've kind of gotten this? Was there a year where, like, a, a moment where you said to yourself, "I'm starting to figure this out," being being the guy in charge? Uh, it was right after I got hired as a head football coach in 2004, mm. and I think I've lived every day of my life since that point regretting that that decision because. <laughs> I look back now at how little I knew about everything and, mm. and I still can't believe I actually got hired as a head football coach. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I, I don't, here's, I don't ever want to get to that point. I don't ever want to get to the mm. point feeling like I had this thing figured out. Uh, I want to live in a constant state of anxiety and fear that I'm not doing something that I could be doing to make myself and my program better. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I've, I've, I think I've felt more comfortable I don't know, I, I guess maybe like the last 10 years where you feel like you're, you're, you're kind of, you're in your groove, but at the same time, um, you, I mean, you, you have to be a lifelong learner. You have to constantly ask the question, why, like, why are we doing this? Mm. Uh, and I think you, you constantly have to seek self-improvement and improvement for your program. I think if you ever get to a point where you feel like you've arrived, you've made it, uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. Absolutely. Coach, I ask you that question because I feel the same. It's, this is going on year eight and yeah. what, like, uh, I'm still searching, you know, for the answers for how do we do this better? That's why I'm talking to you. Cause I'm, I need to steal yeah. your ideas. <laughs> and, and that's, that's really why I do this. I mean, that's, I'm talking to guys that, Hey, how do you do this? And how does this get done? And, uh, coach, I just want to say you'd be you'd be great at hosting your own podcast. I'm just going to throw that out there. I there's the not enough. To, there's not enough. To, I I'm an old guy, but I had a lot of fun when I was younger. My kids are young, so I got a five year old and a seven year old, and I'm damn near retirement eligible. But there's no way in hell I'm getting out. Uh, right. There is not enough hours in the day for me to to do that. Absolutely. So I will say this: you have a hell of a voice for radio. Oh man, of course you're too kind. Like, like you got a great voice for radio. Man, I appreciate that, Coach. Coach, as we 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 wrap, we we, we, we if I could talk, we we land the plane on the podcast. 
Yep. What is some advice that you wish you knew going into being a head football coach? What is so? What's advice you would give to somebody who's maybe reaching out to you saying, "Hey, coach, I'm about to interview for this job." What are some tips and pointers? Be humble. Um, be humble, but and this is the conundrum. Be humble, but be confident in your abilities. Yeah. Um, you know, like I just said, like you haven't arrived, you know, it's all, it's all going to be part of the journey at, at the end. Um, you know, understand that, that you could learn all there, all there is to learn and there's still going to be more to learn. Mm. Um, you know, I think that was, if you ask me, you know, go, looking back at my first opportunity to be a head coach, you know, I felt like, Hey, I've been, I've been doing this for nine years. I got a head coaching job, like, like, I got this. Mm -hmm. And then you get into it and you're just, you're scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I, I've been lucky to work with some guys that were head coaches that have come back to, to be assistants here. Um, and it's, you know, they always talk about like how, how nice it is not to have to worry about all that other stuff that a head coach has to worry about where they can just coach football. Because is is you know like you asked me okay do the guys in your program do they who coaches both sides of the ball, it's I'm the only one because I it's it's like my happy place that I actually get to just coach a position mm -hmm. uh, that I don't have to worry about all that other stuff because I think when you first get into it as a head coach, in your mind that's what you're thinking that's the important stuff, mm -hmm. and and it is, but your relationship with your athletic director, we're going to get it. We're going to get blocked out here by an announcement. You're good coach. Don't worry about it. Can I just talk over that or absolutely should, go we, ahead? Yeah. Um, but I just, I think, you know, you, you have to have a relationship with your AD and the community and your booster club and you have a budget and you have scheduling and you have kids that are failing classes and kids that aren't showing up to the weight room and all of those things I think are things before you get to be a head coach, you don't give much mind to. And then after you're a head coach for a while, that becomes your life. Yeah, no doubt, coach. Coach, thank you for your time. You're a really busy, man. I really appreciate this. This, is, this has been great. And, uh, man, I wish you, uh, wish you luck this upcoming season. Yeah, and if there's anything I can do for you, if you guys want to want to talk to you or anything like that, more than willing to do that. So, Awesome. Thank you, coach. I really appreciate you. Yeah.